We're going to start a new series today. It's just going to be a little short series. It's going to be, it's going to be two weeks uh, because this week and next week, and then we'll take off for Christmas. And uh, so I just want to do a, a quick little series, and we're calling this uh, series A Generous Spirit, A Generous Spirit. You know, this time of year, the, the, the Christmas time, the holidays, it's, it's a time of giving, it's a time of generosity. Plus, it's the end of the year, and we're kind of gearing up for 2023. I'm sure you're making your lists of uh, your New Year's resolutions. Anybody need to wait, lose some weight in, in next year besides me, right? So we're, we're doing that. So, this, you know, the beginning of the year is just a good time to kind of recalibrate. That's a word that's been a buzzword in our staff uh, talking about the church and just kind of making sure we're, we're on pace with where God wants us to be. And so this is, this is kind of the timing for this series, talking about a, a spirit of generosity as we're kind of looking into 2023. And there's main, mainly three reasons that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be speaking on this series over the next couple of weeks. There's, there's three quick reasons, reasons. One is beginning today and going into next week, we'll be doing our India Christmas giving. Here at Victory, we take up very, very few special offerings. It's usually reserved for just one time of year when we collect money for the orphanage that we have in India. And so we'll be receiving um, uh, an offering this week and next week for that. But I'll tell you more about that later on in my message. But that's the first reason we're talking about generosity. The second reason is how many of you know that we serve a generous God we serve a generous God, and our job is to represent, which means to represent God. So if we have a generous God, then you and I ought to have a generous spirit. So that's the second reason we're talking about this series. Thirdly, and, and we're going to really drill down on this next week, a spirit of generosity is a blessing for you. There's, there's a blessing in the kingdom of God. There's, a bless, there's blessings attached to generosity and giving. So in this series, what I want to do is I want to help you. We're going to raise some money for India. We're going to learn how to really represent God well. And then we're going to learn how to cooperate with the economy of the kingdom of God to walk in all the blessings that God has for us. I can tell you're really fired up. Turn around to your neighbor and say, I can't wait. Good. Somebody's excited. I don't know who that is back there. Somebody is fired up. Beautiful. I love it. So, you know, when, when you talk about a, a lifestyle of generosity, you really have to begin with the recognition that we serve a generous God. I mean, Scripture, all throughout Scripture, we see God's generosity displayed. You know, in, even in weird places, um, one of my, my wife's favorite verses in the Bible uh, comes from the book of Lamentations. Don't you get excited when you read the book of Lamentations? You know the word lament, that's the root word for Lamentations. Um, in, in the third chapter, I mean, yeah, there, there's a verse there that's my, one of my wife's favorite verses, and it says this in essence. It says that the Lord's mercies are new every morning. In other words, when you woke up this morning, there was a, a brand new set of mercy laid out before you. Generosity of our God. He's generous. But it's kind of weird that it's, that verse is found in that book. Because really, what Jeremiah, he's, Jeremiah's the one who wrote it. Jeremiah the prophet wrote this book. And he was really lamenting 
The fact that Israel, I mean, that Jerusalem had been destroyed and the inhabitants of Jerusalem had been, had been brought into exile into the, the kingdom of Babylon. So, I mean, this, these weren't good times. And guess what? They were self-inflicted. Anybody ever made a bed that you had to lay in? Right? So these were, they found themselves in a terrible position and it was self-inflicted. But here's the message we received from it. Please listen to me. That even when you and I are walking through the consequences of our decisions, God's, our God who's generous is there. He has more than enough grace. He has more than enough mercy. His love will chase you down to the ends of the earth. Our generous God is constantly pursuing us. That's our God. We serve a generous God. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is, is the story of the prodigal son, and we've labeled it the story of the prodigal son. I really think that's the wrong label because the story really isn't about a prodigal son. It's about a generous father. You know, I teach you, we, we're, we're going to have our equip classes. We'll start them again in the, at the beginning of the year, and you'll kind of, we'll, we'll lay out a schedule and show you how to be involved in those equip classes. But I teach one of those equip classes, and it's on the fatherhood of God. I teach about the fatherhood of God. And the, and the story of the prodigal son is, is just kind of the, that's the text that we use throughout the entire class, and it's a beautiful story. Because what we have, what we find is that there's a person there who doesn't deserve the goodness of his father. He's blown it. I don't know how many of you have blown it. I know you haven't, but the person sitting next to you, they've blown it, I promise you. They've blown it. But even when we've blown it, the generosity of our God is there, and he's there in abundance. We serve a generous God. Children of Israel, they're in Egypt, they're slaves. God miraculously brings them out of slavery. I won't take too much time on this, but I've said it before. When they came out of slavery, they didn't come out poor. They came out having spoiled all of Egypt. They came out wealthy. And then God was going to bring them on this quick little trip across the wilderness. Like, let's just get through this wilderness and get to the promised land. It turned into 40 years of making laps in the wilderness. Why? It was their own decisions. Their own decisions kept them there. But even in their wilderness, every morning when they got up, opened the flap of their tent, guess what? Manna buffet. All the manna you can eat. There was quail there. There was a rock following them around with water coming out of it. Come on, somebody. Talking about the abundance, the generosity of our God. We serve a generous God. When God created this planet, and make no mistake, I just want to say this clearly every once in a while to make sure we understand it. How many of you know that this planet did not, I don't care what the scientists say, it did not come from an explosion. It came by the will and the hand of God created this very planet that you and I live on. And he did it with great beauty so that the beauty of the planet would display his glory. I don't know if you've ever been in those places. I get there. I love them. I love those places where I don't see the beauty of man's architecture, but I see God's fingerprint on this planet. Come on, somebody. I'm just thinking right now. Estes Park, Colorado. Come on, somebody, Jesus. All right? Yeah. 
So God creates this planet in all of its beauty. But you know what's interesting? I don't know if you ever caught this when you're reading in the book of Genesis, but after having created the planet, it says this, that God actually planted a garden for Adam and Eve. So he had created this entire planet. Then he went a step further and he said, listen, where my kids live, I want it to be extra special. And he planted a garden for them. And he put them in this garden and it said that the the, uh, the garden was watered by a river that actually branched out into four different rivers. All right, we're talking about the generosity of God. You with me? This garden was, was watered by a river, and it says of this river that it was loaded with very pure and beautiful gold. He gave them gold. I just picture a bunch of naked people running around with gold jewelry all over them. Why did they need that? It's just the generosity of God. It said there was onyx stones in these, in these rivers. We're just talking about beauty. Another thing, it said that there was aromatic resin there. I don't really know what that means. I'm thinking maybe like arts and craft time in the garden. But the point is God provided for them generously. He planted trees in this garden that just produced fruit. You just couldn't stop them. Listen, please hear that. More than enough. He's the God of more than enough. We serve a generous God. Can I hear a big amen? amen. So we understand the generosity of God, but what really affects the way you and I live is not how generous God is. It's how we see God. Because, you know, the truth is that we see the world not as it truly is. We see the world as we are. Bible says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So do we, as, as believers, as God's kids, as the children of a generous God, do we view life, do we view the world, do we view God through the eyes of abundance and generosity, or do we view it through lack? Many of us, many of us, we were raised with a lack mentality. I know I personally, I was, for, for some reason, I just... I don't mind sharing with you right here and being vulnerable, that I just, I've always dealt with a lack mentality. Like there's just, there's not enough. You got to hold on. You just got to hoard it up. Lori, when you go to Walmart, the brand is great value. You don't need the Del Monte green beans. Great value green beans taste the same as Del Monte green beans, Right? Any other people like me in the house, right? You know, we're just kind of wired that way. And, and so I really struggled most of my life with, with lack mentality, like, oh, we, we can't be, you know, you got to watch out there and got to hang on there. And, and you know, let, let's, let's just make sure we, we keep it all together. And that was a personal challenge. And, you know, as, as I began walking with God, I felt the Lord, I, I think, for God to, to develop Jody to his full potential, he needed to get the lack thinking out of me. And to develop you to your full potential, God needs to get the lack thinking out of you. And we need to learn to think in abundance because we serve a God of generosity. So the Lord began dealing with me in my personal life about this idea of lack. 
Because lack causes you to close the hand instead of open the hand. And so in my personal time, I ran across this scripture. It's found in the book of Proverbs. And I want to show you this scripture. And I want this to be a, a scripture. If you struggle with the spirit of lack, and I hope you understand what I mean when I say that, and this is a scripture I believe you need, to, you need to grab hold of. I would encourage that you write this on an index card, that this becomes part of your prayer life. It's found in the book of Proverbs, the 21st chapter in the fifth verse, and here it is. It says, The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but to everyone that is hasty only to want. The Lord used this passage in my life to expand me in the way of generosity and abundance thinking rather than lack thinking. So much so that I began to meditate on this verse and it became part of my prayer life. Because here's what I found. This verse lays out two categories of people. There are diligent people and there are hasty people. The word diligent there, what it literally means is sharp like sharp people, like people who've got it together, people who have their game on, people who really have a grasp on life. They think toward abundance. Their thoughts go toward abundance. So that's one category. But then it says that there are hasty people. And, and if you really dig into what that word means, it, it means this. It means to be pressed it, it means people who are just, there's always some kind of need. There's always some kind of pressure. There's always some kind of heaviness. And, and when you live in that way, you always think toward want. Can I get a witness in the house? And so as I was meditating on this verse, I said, okay, God, there's, there's, there's diligent people and there's hasty people. And then there's a description of each. And if I were to be honest, although I would love to categorize myself as diligent, I tend to fall more in the hasty category. So God, you got to help me on this. So I began to study. I began to study about the generosity of God. I began to do something that I call working the word. I find scriptures that talk about the generosity of God. I, talk, I find scriptures that talk about abundance, and I begin to declare them over my life. I begin to declare, Lord, because I am diligent, I will think, think only toward plenteousness. I rebuke, I cast down, I leave aside the mindset, the mentality of lack, and instead, Lord, I aim for you. And you are a God of abundance, a God of generosity. I don't know if there's anybody in this house today who needs a breakthrough, but this is your time to break through into an idea, a thought process of abundance and leave behind the lack thinking. This is what God is doing in us today. Because see, if we walk with that lack mentality again, we're not generous, we withhold because I, I gotta have enough for me, I gotta have enough for tomorrow, whether that's time or energy or food or whatever it is, it causes us to be withholding, but God is a giver. So if you find yourself with that spirit of lack, there's a couple of things that, that I think would help you break through the spirit of lack. First thing is, how about this? How about a heart of gratitude? Gratitude is the beginning to breaking the cycle of lack in your life. Instead of waking up in the morning and looking at what's wrong, how about taking the time to look at what's right? 
You know, if you here today, if you make $32,000 a year, you are, you are in the top 1% of earners worldwide. You're the top 1%. Quit bad-mouthing the, the top 1% because it's you. You, it's not 232,000, but if you make 32,000, there's something to be thankful for is my point. You know, I heard a story one time where these, um, these scientists were doing an experiment about um, optimists and pessimists. So they took this room and uh, they filled it up with about 18 inches of horse manure. Just the whole room, 18 inches of horse manure. And they took two little boys and they put these two little boys in this room to see what would happen. And of course, one of the little boys immediately, he's kind of standing in the corner, you know, shin deep in horse manure, standing in the corner with his, with, you know, pinching his nose with a disgusted look on his life and the on his face. And the scientists looked at each other and thought, that makes sense. But the other little boy was different. He just kept walking around the room, digging in the horse manure and like throwing it up in the air. And he's just walking all over the room, just, just digging and throwing up horse manure. This captured the scientists' attention. And so when they came out, obviously they didn't have many questions for the little boy holding his nose, but for the one who was throwing the manure up in the air, said, we just got to know. What were you doing? And the kid looked at him and said, with all this horse manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> Come on, there's a pony somewhere in your life, right? What are you thankful for? Start with the heart of gratitude. Secondly, if you want to break through, if you want to break through this, this lack mentality, begin to renew your mind with the word of God. Get in the word and find out what God says. Is there lack or is there abundance? So begin doing that. Thirdly, another exercise, if you want to break through this spirit of lack, here's what you're going to have to do. Develop the habit of generosity. You're going to have to develop the habit of generosity. You're going to have to find someone to give to, someone that you, you could be a, a, a blessing to, move in that way to be a blessing. Because... Here's, here's something you need to understand about the way the kingdom of God works, and you need to listen carefully to what I'm about to say because this is important. That God in his sovereignty, right? We have this generous God who in his sovereignty, he wants to display his generosity to the world. But you know what he did? He chose to put you and I, he chose to put a man or a woman in the process of him displaying his generosity to the world. Follow me on this, ready? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he... Say it again. God so loved the world that he... Okay, so God's a giver. What did he give? He gave a man. So you have a generous God in heaven wanting to show his generosity to people on earth, so he chose to put a man as part of the process. So God sent Jesus. Jesus had a decision to make. 
Jesus had a decision whether he was going to reflect and demonstrate the generosity of the one who sent him so that the blessing could reach its intended target, which was the world. And in the garden, we see him wrestling with it just like you and I wrestle with it. Remember Jesus in the garden saying, Lord, is there another way? But don't let my will be done, let your will be done. Jesus made the right choice. Let generosity flow through him. Let the love, and because of one man, you and I have now have, or have the ability to have a relationship with the Father, but that was because it was a man in the process. Now, I'm in no way saying that you and I are Jesus, but guess what? Jesus left this planet, and he still wants to show his goodness, his generosity, his love to the world. But guess how he's going to do it? He put you and I in the process. God wants the goodness of his gospel to, to go out to every person, but in his sovereignty, he chose to not thunder it to, from heaven. He chose to put it in me and you, and you and I have a choice. The word says, how will they hear unless there's a preacher? If you're breathing in here this morning, you're the preacher. He put you in the process. But if there's not a generous spirit in you to generously share the gospel, then the intended target never receives the love that was sent through his father. Can you hear me? God always puts man in the process. In, in a minute, I'm going to tell you about an, an orphanage in India. We know that God loves the orphans. God desperately loves the orphans. He wants them to know him. He wants them to be cared for. He, he wants to be able to express his love for the orphanages or for the orphans, but you know how he did it? He's put you and I in the process. We have a choice to make. Will I engage generously? And will God, through me, be able to express love toward these orphans, or am I? going to have a lack mentality. Oh, I need this for Christmas. I need to buy my child that 14th present he wanted. That's an American joke. You understand? So God has always chosen to put you and I in the process, but we have to say yes. We have to have a generous spirit in us to say yes so that his love can be expressed to those around us. So it all boils down to this. The question is, what kind of person are you? A lady named Ella Wheeler Wilcox wrote a poem that I came across that I, that I really like. It's, the poem is named Two Kinds of People, and it goes as follows. There are two kinds of people on the earth today. Two kinds of people, no more I say. Not the good are the bad, for it's well understood that the good are half bad and the bad are half good. No, the two kinds of people on earth I mean are the people who lift and the people who lean. The question is, are you a lifter or are you a leaner? You all know what, what it's talking about here. You know that person when you see them coming. You're just bracing yourself. They're not a lifter, they're a leaner. They're not a giver, they're a taker. They just sap the life out of everything. There's always some chaos, there's always some need, there's always something. They're just take, take, take. We've seen them. I mean, they're not in this room. But we've seen them. But I believe 
that to truly reflect the heart of our generous Father, you and I need to be lifters, not leaners. And let me just tell you, let me give you a little secret, ready? People like lifters more than they like leaners. I mean, don't you like people who are givers, who are generous? I've got friends who are generous. I love being around those people. The leaners, I can do without. Make an appointment. I'll see if I can fit you in. Right? So my prayer is that through this series, God would develop in us a spirit of generosity. You know, if you've had a pleasant experience in this room so far this morning, guess what? There's a lot of lifters that have made this possible. There was a lifter who opened the door for you when you approached this building this morning. Thank God for our greeters. Hey, that coffee you drank this morning, somebody got here awfully early to make it. We call them lifters. If your children right now are being ministered to, it doesn't matter what age they are up through junior high. There's three different teams right now ministering to your children. That's happening. You are being served right now. And that reflects the heart of Jesus because Jesus said, I didn't come to to be served. I came to serve. You know the old question, what would Jesus do? Let me just tell you, if Jesus was in this meeting with us today, guess what? He'd be serving somewhere. He'd find some way to to be a part of this thing. He's not a leaner. He's not a taker. He would be serving somewhere. The question is, when you come to church, are you a lifter or are you a leaner? Come on. If this is a place where you're receiving, uh, you know, nourishment and this is of value to you, then don't come and just be a consumer. Be a part of this thing. Listen, this worship team, they got here early. They rehearsed. They, they, were, they, they practiced their instruments. They knew their parts. Why? To serve you. Because what they knew is that God wanted to touch you. And they said yes. Generously said yes with their giftings. And through their spirit of generosity, you and I were able to have a time in the presence of God. It's a beautiful thing. So my prayer is that God would develop in our church more of a spirit of generosity. Obviously, we we know that money is a part of generosity, but it goes way beyond generosity. Listen, there's somebody in this room who needs a friend. Would you be generous enough to be a friend? Would you sow your time? Would you sow your energy? Would you be generous with your friendship? Or do you just come in here, hang out with your own little clique, and then run out of here as fast as possible? May it not be so. May God develop in this church and in us a spirit of generosity. Can I hear a resounding amen? With that in mind, I do want to introduce our India Christmas giving to you. This is one time of year where we take up a special offering um, for an orphanage that we are completely, uh, we are the sole supporters of this orphanage in India. It's named the Janie Orphanage. Now, my mom's name is Janie. She didn't name it the Janie, or- this isn't the Janie LaFleur Memorial Orphanage, right? They named it. The Indians named it the Janie Orphanage. And here's the story behind of it. Back in 2006, my mom who at that point, she and my dad were lead pastors here at the church. In 2006, 
the Lord gave my mom a word to build an orphanage. Well, of course, she didn't know how to build an orphanage. But she said yes to God through her generosity, through her yes. She said, Lord, use me. And so she began to pray about this vision for an orphanage and began to talk to other people. Then people with the spirit of generosity got behind it. And in 2006, the Janie Orphanage was built in a little tiny village called Jagarampala in southeast India. So that orphanage was built. God gave my mom the contacts, the people who would fund it, and from that day forward, we've paid for the, the purchase of the land, the building of the buildings, the running of the orphanage. All happens through Victory Worship Center. We are the sole support of this. So that has, has been going on. This orphanage houses 50 orphans. There are 50 children who live full-time. That's the max capacity of this facility. And so we were running at top capacity. There's 50 orphans there. And uh, we care for them. We feed them. There's spiritual education. They were introduced to the Lord. There's a church there that they, they work with the children, bringing them, introducing them to God. And, uh, and so this thing functions 24-7, 365. Not only does it house 50 orphans, they actually feed other children in the community who need regular meals. They will walk from the community to the orphanage where we will feed them. There's good things going on in India, and it's been happening for a while. We support this, this orphanage through the regular church tithes and offerings of the church uh, 98% of the support comes from just what you guys give in the way of tithes and offerings we give there along with the other missions that we have scattered across the globe. Not only do we support the monthly um, function of the orphanage, when it comes time for Christmas, what we do is we send them a special Christmas offering in order to provide a Christmas party and Christmas gifts for all, um, all of the residents there at the orphanage. So we are, we are sending that money. It, it happens every year. We pay for all that. But what we do at this time of year is we give you an opportunity to sow into it. And what happens is the money we collect for this, every dime of it goes to India. A lot of it, like I said, some of it goes to Christmas and, and Christmas parties, but other parts of it, other larger portions of it, go to making improvements on the property. We have built fences there. There's actually a water buffalo problem. It's India. So we, we put a fence around it. They didn't have stable electricity, so we put generators there. They didn't have refrigeration to store food, so uh, we raised money and provided refrigerations for it. Um, they didn't have proper bedding, so last year we raised enough money to put beds and mattresses in for every child. And so with these offerings, we make improvements on the property. So what I'm saying to you today is that any giving you give toward this mission, 100% of it will go to India. It's nothing for us, right? Now, a little bit of this money, not all of it is sent there right now because we have plans to build a school. Right now, to, to, for their schooling, they have to go off-site. We want to actually build a school on-site. On so we have about $13,000 right now. It's in our bank account, but it's earmarked for India, and all of it's going over there. But when the building process starts, we will use that money to build a school there. So every bit of your giving will go directly to India. That's what's happening and I'm excited about it. Can we just thank the Lord for the opportunity to care for orphans in India? It is so beautiful. 
And so what we're going to be doing is this week and next, for the next two weeks, we're going to be taking up our offering for India, for our India Christmas giving. Now here's what you can do. You can go to our website or you can go to our app. And if you'll click on give, you'll see there, if you drop down there, you'll see a way to give to the India Christmas giving. So you can give online or you can give on your app. Also, at each exit in this room, there are um, places to do giving. There's little boxes, our giving boxes. You can drop an offering in there, okay? And so that's three different ways you can give to this. Now, here's my challenge to you, church. Especially if you have struggled in your life with a, a heart, a spirit of lack, I want you to sow into this. Next week, we're going to talk about the power of sowing and reaping. But here's my challenge to you. If you have struggled with a spirit of lack, one of the things I said to you is you need to develop the habit of generosity. I encourage you, especially, listen, if, if whatever you have, give. If you open your wallet and there's, there's only a dollar in there, I challenge you to sow that dollar into the life that someone God desperately loves a little helpless child. I believe that if you will sow into that, if you will sow into God's business, he will make sure that your business is taken care of. So I challenge you. I challenge you. Every person in this room, do something. Do it electronically or do something in the give boxes. But what I would love is to just be able to shower. We're going to do it. Listen, this is just how determined we are. We're going to do it with or without you. My encouragement is be with us. Let's show generosity to India. Can I hear a big amen? Amen.